Well, good morning. Welcome to the Church of Jesus Christ. It's wonderful to see um, all of you here. It's wonderful to have um, the rest of our congregation and uh, many others uh, listening online today. And just so grateful to be in the Lord's house. And I'm excited for our message today, um, the R's of righteousness. And it's a message that we've heard before, um, but it's something that I think is so important in our lives right now. And I'm excited to hear from Brother Pete this morning. I pray that the Lord would be with us, um, and that he would guide everything we say and do today, that we would be a blessing to him, that we would take something within ourselves home today um, that would make us want to be closer to him, uh, that we would be able to love him more, uh, that we would understand his love for us a little bit more, and that we'd be able to love each other uh, as well. So with that, why don't we rise? Uh, Brother Austin's going to open us in prayer. May God bless you today. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. Lord, we're thankful even for the opportunity to gather here in your house once again. We thank you for your great love, Father. We thank you for Jesus Christ, our Savior. And it's in his name we gather this day. And Lord, we just pray that uh, all that would be said and done would be according to thy will, that your Holy Spirit might accompany us here today, that you might uh, lead, guide, and direct. Even Brother Pete, as he will speak unto us, Lord, a message that comes from you, and uh, Lord, we pray that you would use him as an instrument within your hands today. Lord, we uh, certainly want to remember those that are sick and afflicted. We know that our list is many, and, and, and the needs are great, and yet, Father, we know that you are greater than all those things, and so we, we bring them before you. We ask that you would attend to each one, that you would go to each one, and, and even wrap your arms of love around them, even this very day. The Lord be with us now as we introduce this service. Prayer in Jesus' name. Say good morning to everyone. And just give me a few seconds to get set up. I'm uh, playing a couple roles, so I was playing the piano, as you know. And uh, I got to get ready here. So I just need to open up my PowerPoint. And AJ's right. We um, probably about a year and a half, maybe two years ago, maybe a year and a half, time flies. And um, we did. Uh, uh, gave this presentation over a series of weeks, I'm going to say maybe eight weeks in Sunday school. But you know, um, it's a shame we don't have a bigger group and we don't have our whole group here. But you know what's a blessing? Is that our YouTube broadcasts out to about two, three hundred people. And I don't think ever in the history of me coming to Sunday school we had three hundred people in adult class Sunday school. So this is going to be awesome, right? So we have an opportunity to give the message out to many people that, you know, um, have probably never heard this before. To those of you that have, it's a review. I always love, you know, just think about it. Jesus went to how many tribes of Israel when he uh, came to the earth? How many do you think he, came, he went to? He went to all of them. Um, there might have been a couple tribes together. We don't know. But he went to all of them, right? Here's the, here's the point I'm making. He spoke the same message. We know that from the Book of Mormon. The message was the same. 
He didn't veer off. The message is the same here. I might maybe add another point that the Holy Spirit inspires us to give, but it's the same. So, we're going to go to the title page, The R's of Righteousness. And, um, and as you can guess, what we're going to do is go through a bunch of the, the words that start with the letter R that point us to what righteousness is. Now, before we get started... I just got a couple things. I like to do disclaimers. You know how like when you read a prescription bottle, Brother AJ, and it says, now, be careful. This could cause drowsiness. This scripture won't cause drowsiness, by the way. <laughs> this could cause drowsiness. Please don't operate heavy equipment when taking this. this. Okay, so here's the disclaimer. The disclaimer is, is that we're going to talk first a little bit about righteousness and what it is. It's not in the PowerPoint. Then it's going to help you understand, right, some of the things we're calling out, are going to, the dots are going to connect for you, right? So first of all, we uh, have been in this time of isolation. We've been in this time of um, social distancing. We've been in this time of just trying to get back to normal. And you know, who knows what the future holds? We don't know. Are we going to go backwards? Are we going to keep going forward to normal? We don't know. But one thing we do know that while we have been somewhat isolated and been, you know, home, how many of you work from home, right? You can raise your hands out in the uh, beautiful audience, uh, especially the virtual audience. Um, those of you that work from home, you have more time to self-reflect and to really take inventory and think about the things of God. Yes, it's been a beautiful thing. So... What we have been hearing from our church, what we have been hearing from the apostles, what we have been hearing from Brother Joel as president, is this is a time to actually come to a beautiful, uh, closer walk with the Lord of sanctification. Okay? I've heard Brother Joel and the apostles and many brothers say, we want to raise our level of righteousness. Right? We've heard Brother Dominic Thomas say that for years. I want to make sure we understand that today. That's what this whole purpose is. So when I say to somebody, you need to be more righteous, I, I hope we understand what that means. I don't think sometimes we do. Because right away, brothers and sisters, if you think it's you that are going to get, like, through works, get more righteous, then we're going to really have a blast <laughs> going through this presentation. So a couple things I want to call out is that Righteousness comes from Jesus. There's this beautiful song that says, let me prove that I've been with Jesus, for he is all my righteousness. And uh, you know me, I'm a little interactive, so I want to ask a question. Is that found in scripture, or is that Brother Pete just calling that out? What do you think? Good job, Kevin. Yes, it's found in Scripture. For he who knew no sin became our sin. And we who had sin became his righteousness. Oh, by the way, Jesus is our righteousness. That goes all the way back into Isaiah. And, and I want you to look up these scriptures, brothers and sisters. Righteousness belongs to Jesus. 
Our best efforts, the scripture says, are what? Filthy rags before the Lord. A dirty garment. Now let me tell you something this morning. There are sins that are visible. There are sins that are invisible. Okay? Somebody that has a very visible problem. I just want to take a moment here. Because my heart is full of compassion these days. I have to say it. I, I don't know what the Lord's doing in my heart. But I, I don't know anymore. I don't want to cast judgment on people. I, I want to call out the sin, please, I, I want you to, but I want to call it out in love. You might look at even me and say, oh, look at Brother P, wonderful minister, he's got it all together, he's this, he's that. I want to tell you what, I struggle just like you do with sins, brothers and sisters. And we're going to go through all of this and how, how when I say I want to be more righteous, what does it really mean? Some of us, some of us want to hide our sin. We want God to go in places in our lives that we're comfortable. And then some of us, we don't want God in certain places. Oh, oh no, no, no. This door, Lord, to my heart, it's locked. Mm -mm. It's too messy in there. And so whether, whether or not it's, you know, there's, there's, there's sins. You know, when you think about leprosy, days of Jesus that sin was visible according to them they, they they called it out sin now it was an affliction but that was a type of sin that's why when they were healed they had to go to the priest he had to clear them. hey I want to make sure you're without sin before you come back into God's people by the way you could just take that in a whole scriptural direction right there are sins that are invisible think about um, sins that we carry in our heart you know, the sin of covenant, coveting, the sin of jealousy, sometimes that's not visible right away. It, eventually it might come out. Okay. So we're all unclean, brothers and sisters, and we need a Savior to clean up our polluted garments to make us white as snow, right? Right? And I, 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 I want us to understand that <laughs> you and I that have been born again, okay, again, this is, this is another disclaimer. We are sinners saved by grace, and we have now become the righteousness of Jesus acceptable to God. And there's a way to stay in that grace and in that righteousness. And that's what really the content of this scripture is about. So when I call out, be more righteous, what I should be saying is, stay in Christ Jesus. Don't leave him. He's our righteousness this morning. He's the only one I know that can change someone's heart from a heart of stone to a heart of love and grace and mercy. We're going to talk about when we want to say that we want to be more righteous. We're going to talk in this presentation about how to grow closer to the Lord. Can I get an amen on that? How to seek his presence. How to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. 
Okay? How to invite his wisdom into our lives and how most importantly it is that the moment we feel as though we're going off track, we reach out to the Lord. It's so important. I think that's our biggest issue. I, I have to say is that we don't recognize. Um, you know, I, I'll call out this morning. I, I love my mother-in-law so much, and thank you for her prayers. But um, she's recovering from colon cancer. And, you know, they say, if, if, if you go get regular checkups, right, Brother AJ? Um, it's, it's preventable. If you go and get regular checkups spiritually, <laughs> falling out of the way is preventable. Can I get an amen on that? So I'm going to go to this... Um, um, let me grab my notes here, and I just want to call out a few things. So let's go to the first slide, Brother Ryan. The first R. And by the way, this is a recipe. This is a uh, uh, step-by-step -step following okay, of how we actually stay in the righteousness of Jesus. So let's go up to the first bullet, and we can, we can put it up there. Reflect. Reflect. I love this word. Reflect could mean, wow, let me think about what's going on. Let me take some time. Let me stop my busyness, which is what kind of COVID has done for us, and let me start thinking about the way I've been behaving or the way I've been treating people or just the way I'm... Uh, Doing some of my daily routine, are, are my habits good? Reflect, okay? Also reflect is used in another meaning. And it is also seeing your reflection. And we're going to talk a little bit about that right this second. So you want the blessings of God, brothers and sisters? You want to stay in righteousness? You want to stay in the Lord's righteousness? It starts by reflecting in our lives. Let me give you a little um, script, uh, little uh, uh, perspective, and then we're going to go to uh, James, the first chapter. But just hold up a second, uh, Ryan, until I go through this. Mirrors have been around forever. I don't know when the first mirror ever appeared uh, in creation upon the, the, the earth, but they've been around a long time. We know they certainly were around in the Lord's day, right? And mirrors do not transmit light. What do mirrors do? Does anyone know? Part, it's, it's right in the first tenet there. What, what do you think? It reflects light. That's what a mirror does. A mirror is only as good as there's light. If there's no light, it's a dark room. Kevin, what do you think? You're going to see uh, your reflection in a dark room in a mirror and going to work. And so, therefore, because the light works with a mirror, it is then a mirror image of the original. Okay, isn't that beautiful? Now, I, I want to ask you a question. Did you know that God provided a mirror for your life? Did you know that? Does anyone want to take a guess what you think it is? What is the mirror for your spiritual life? I can't hear. The Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost? Good call out. Okay, I'm looking for something. Jesus is good. I'm looking for something a little bit more specific. I'll give you a help. 
I'm looking for this. What is the, what is the mirror spiritually for our lives? What is this? Word. The Word. Which through the Holy Ghost, my dear sister, which through Jesus Christ and His commandments, make this alive? Now, I want to ask a question. How many times do you look in the mirror a day? Well, I know one thing. I love my little grandson, Leo. He, he gets up in the morning and he's got that sleepy hair going this way and he's got this look he just woke up. You know when little babies wake up, isn't it the best, right? Well, we got all that going on too, only though we're, we don't look good. <laughs> so we got to look in the mirror first thing in the morning. That's what I do. I go right to the mirror first thing in the morning. I'm looking around. Oh my, what's, the, what's this new bag I got here? What is, ooh, what is this? What? what we do. I don't know if I look at my spiritual mirror as much as I look at my mirror of reflection. I don't know. I know I want to. I want to do more. This mirror that God gave us, this, this Bible and Book of Mormon, it reflects good and bad in our life. All we got to do is read it every day couple times a day. And not only read it, but now we're going to flip the definition of reflect. I want you to reflect on it. What does reflect on it mean? It means meditate on it, ponder on it. It means take it soberly, think seriously on it. That's what it means. You know, the Apostle James takes us right to this beautiful passage. And there's many passages, by the way, I think one of the most awesome passages is, is in Elma. We're going to get to that in a second. Let's go to James, the first chapter. And we're going to start with the 25th verse. By the way, all of you have seen this scripture. It is awesome. Um, actually, um, sorry, we're not going to start with the 25th verse. Let's go a little further back to the 23rd verse, Ryan. And while Ryan's getting that, I'll read it to you. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is likened unto a man, beholding his natural face, I'm going to change this word, in a mirror. Look, look how awesome. Would you say this is on point with what we're talking about? We get an amen on that? Yes. For he beholdeth himself, and then goeth his way. I look in the morning, oh, oh boy, oh boy, I got to work on that. You know what? I got, I got a couple mirrors, by the way. I want you to know. And I lean towards the mirror that's more of a rectangular mirror, Kevin, because I look a little thinner in that mirror than that ghastly mirror that sits across the, the, the bathroom against my, against my walk-in closet. That mirror, I think, shows the real me. This, this mirror is a little deceiving, but I like that mirror. I don't know what mirror we're looking at, too. That's a whole other topic, right? Uh, you know those mirrors when you used to go to a carnival and they'd make you look skinny and some would make you look short? Right. This natural man beholds himself, goes his way, and straightforward, or straightway, forgets what manner of man he was. Wow. i got to raise my hand. I've been there. You think you look so good, and then all of a sudden, Wendy will say, what are, you, what, are, what are you wearing? What are you doing here? 
Wait, are you seeing the same reflection in the mirror that I'm seeing? I don't think so, she says. I think I'm seeing the real reflection. And isn't it wonderful? I'm going to take just a little second here. Isn't it wonderful we have, this is very important, by the way, that we have honest people that love us unconditionally in our lives, that will tell us the truth, to point us back to Jesus. That's important. Now we're going to go to the 25th verse, because this is so beautiful. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, which is, by the way, God's word, is it not give us liberty? And continueth therein, he being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Amen and amen. I want to know where I stand spiritually. I want to grow in righteousness. I want to be acceptable before the Lord. I want to read his word. And I want to trust the Holy Spirit to convict me and point out. By the way, it'll be in the, in the PowerPoint. We'll go back to the PowerPoint, Brian. Go to the first bullet, too. It'll convict me. It'll get me to a point where I'm saying, I don't know, this is not good. I, I, I think we need to make changes. Go to the next bullet. Let's get them all up there, Ryan. Just get them all out there. I, I just want everyone to see it this way. I don't have to keep asking you. And so what have we been talking about? We've been talking about examining our actions. Do we take time to do that? There's a beautiful hymn, brothers and sisters. I, I love this hymn. It's in the Songs of Zion. If you have any of it at home, I want you to sometime today go to hymn 55. I think this is a hymn that we should sing every so often. It's a hymn for sure we used to, just in, in my home branch, uh, before I moved out here, we used to sing it on New Year's Eve. But it's way more than New Year's Eve hymn. It's called Checking on Me. And uh, I, I love the first line. I, I'm not going to go through all of it, Ryan. We're just, we're just going to let them do that on their own. Do I look in the mirror to check every day, then quickly forget it, and go on my way, which is what James is calling out. By the way, she, she read James at one time, I'm sure, and then the Holy Spirit prompted her to write these beautiful words. Does the Spirit still caution me when I need shown? Or get weary trying and leave me alone? Don't leave me alone, Lord. Don't give up on me. I have a heart that I want to change, Lord. And I need you to help me change. So my brothers and sisters, examining our actions in every attitude is paramount to reflecting. You know, I'm, I'm going to give you some words of advice. How often do you reflect on your own actions? Now, for me personally, when I do something wrong and the Holy Spirit's working in my life, and by the way, the Holy Spirit can, just like the hymn says, get weary of trying and then leave you alone a little bit. You don't want, that's, that's the extreme. You don't want to be in that situation. You want a Holy Spirit that is active in your life. Active. And it comes active and alive by listening, by surrendering, by yielding. It stays active. It's like a culture, okay? Do I only reflect on my actions when I feel a conviction? Because if you're doing that, and that's not bad, 
I have a symptom. Ooh, I have a pain in my neck. I need to go pay attention to that probably. That's okay. But what about preventive? I don't want the pain in my neck. I don't want the pain here and there. I want to be healthy. I want to be strong. I want to have abilities to do the things at my age I should be doing. Well, then I have to say, we better be reflecting on our actions frequently. How often am I exercising my faith? Your faith is there. It's a gift given to you. You didn't develop it. You didn't like all of a sudden put a, a kit together that you learned by instructions that faith came. It's a gift that came down from God by what? Hearing the word of God. Faith developed as a gift from heaven. Well, what are you doing with it? You want to grow in righteousness. You want to be more righteous. We have to exercise our faith. And exercising our faith comes by reflection, looking at where we're deficient, and getting busy. Okay. We must allow the Holy Spirit to search our hearts, brothers and sisters. Let him in. Now again, you might be ashamed and I might be ashamed of our sin. Natural. This is a holy God and a holy Jesus. That's what righteousness means. Holiness. My unrighteousness, my unholiness in exchange for Jesus' holiness, which made me acceptable. You know, un no unclean thing, the scripture says, could be in the presence of God. So, so how could I stand in the presence of God without Jesus? It's impossible. That being said, if I'm not going to let him in, I'm not going to get fixed. You agree with that? If I let him in only in the places I'm comfortable so that I'm good, you know, I got all my lab work, I go to see Brother AJ, he's my doctor. I say, AJ, don't, don't look at that cholesterol line. Just forget that. You don't need to look at that. What are you talking about? Pete, it's 300. Don't look at it. It's good. Don't worry about it. I don't need you to even talk about that. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not letting him in to help me. Amen? AJ, by the way, do you ever have patients that do that? Am I the only one that does that? Every day. Every day. Okay. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> right. 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 I mean, he's the doctor. So is the Lord spiritually, praise the Lord, he's our doctor spiritually. Let him in, brothers and sisters and friends. Now, I don't think we talk sometimes enough about this in our church. Do we really realize the power of Jesus and the cross? Do we really realize the blood of Christ, how much power it has, brothers and sisters? For he changed me completely. A new life is mine, and that is why by the cross I will stay. I know what I was like. Almost 40 years ago, I know what I was like. Actually, it is 40 years, 1980. I know what I was like before, and I know what I am today all because of Jesus. 
You can't just by trying through good behavior, you can't just by trying good actions make yourself righteous, brothers and sisters. It's impossible. You know, we were created to worship the Lord. That's what we were created for. And when we don't, we learned this last week, and when we lose our focus of who Jesus is in our life, we're going to begin to worship other things. AJ preached that to us last week. It wasn't even a thousand years that the brazen serpent was, was placed there that all they needed to do was look. And, I, and you know what the Book of Mormon says? AJ brought that out so beautiful. I was so blessed last week. The Book of Mormon teaches us that Moses taught them about Jesus in that scripture. He taught them about the Lord and what he represented. He taught them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, praise the Lord. The message never fails. It never goes away. And in 1,000 years, pray. how long has Jesus been dead? Over 2,000 years? Praise the Lord. We haven't messed the message up yet. We better not, brothers and sisters. They took that brazen serpent and made it a God. You know, that's why the Lord, sometimes the Lord gets a bad rap in the scriptures because he wiped out all of Canaan, women and children. He didn't do that because he's a, an evil God. He did that because he loved Israel. And he did not want Israel to go backwards into idolatry. Knowing our makeup, knowing how he created us, we are made to worship. We're starting to worship something in our lives that isn't Jesus. Let him in to fix it. You can't fix that. Do you know that? It's impossible. Today I'm going I'm to do better today. And then you slip and fall again. You can't change your nature. Only God can. Do you understand? Please, please acknowledge you understand that this morning. Yes, amen. For if we think we have it all together and we can change, then God isn't almighty. God isn't sovereign. You know what our message is to people that haven't come to Christ? And what do I mean by coming to Christ? For all of you that are out there watching us virtually, for those of you that are in this room, coming to Christ, you could love the Lord. God bless you if you do. I hope that you love the Lord because you're listening this morning. That's not enough. Loving him isn't enough. We have to take a step of commitment to Jesus. We have a beautiful young couple in our midst this morning. I'm not going to call your names out. Don't, I don't want to do that. We know who you are. <laughs> but our young brother I remember having a wonderful discussion with you do you remember that Abner I called his name out <laughs> and I, my, basically my conversation was is that if you love her that's just not enough now you've got to take a step to commitment that's what Jesus wants from us. Commitment. A step of commitment. Making the step towards the Lord. Letting him in to change your heart. Maybe you're struggling with that commitment. God can change that. Oh, that's, that's, that's our work. If there's a work, that's our work. Look was all the work that Israel had to do. Commit to Jesus. Take the step. Everything else changes after that. And that doesn't mean everything gets perfect. No, 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 no. 
No, because again, there's, even though we go under the waters of baptism and we receive the Holy Ghost, we're still holding on to some things. Some things need a lot of work. You know, there are very, very, very sick people. I'm, and because of the analogy of medical and sick, I've got to keep going back to AJ. And AJ, with all your training and all your knowledge and all the knowledge you seek to gain, there are sometimes you're just baffled, right? Because they're very sick. My heart breaks for that. And then there's sometimes that it's, it's an easy fix. Oh, that, oh, yeah, got it. You have tons of experience there. If you do this, it works, boom. Well, you know, those of us that are very, very, very sick with sin, you might seek out a friend. You might seek out a help book, self-help book. You might seek out so many things. I only know of one source that has the answer for the very, very, very sick. And that's Jesus. There's nothing too great for him, nothing too hard. So allow the Holy Spirit to show us any offense that, that's in our lives pre preventing us from receiving the blessings of the Lord, brothers and sisters and friends this morning. I believe with this, this bullet that sits on this page this morning, I believe that's a daily thing. As I get up in the morning and I look in the mirror and I'm going to get ready, okay? How many guys in here shave every day? Not too many. Kevin does. He's disciplined. Anthony, Tim, see? There's a lot of, there's a lot of old, old timers in here and old fashioned guys. My father taught me you shave every day. I'm not knocking anybody that doesn't. I do take Saturdays off. I do. Got to give the old lawn, you know, a rest over. But I, I, I want to look the same, so I do a consistent routine. If you want to be righteous the same every day in Jesus, you're going to examine every day. That's all there is to it. When I get up in the morning, how could I do better today? Do I have a heart of a servant? I ask myself a lot that. I'm in a position where on my daily vocation, I have to serve people. I don't ever want to make the mistake of thinking they serve me. But you know what, brothers and sisters? I have a personality. I have a makeup. I have a character that is, needs work in that area. And so I work a lot at that. My brothers that I labor with in church, I love them so much in, in the ministry. And I can even say this publicly, I work at that. I work at that. I have to maintain that, that heart because if not, my ego can just jump out of control and the next thing you know, I'm in big trouble. Paul had a thorn in the flesh. Oh, he took account, Paul, every day. And I believe the Holy Spirit showed him every day when he made mistakes. Apostle Paul, him and Barnabas once had a contention so sharp, the scripture says, they never worked again together. I, I have to believe they made up. I have to believe. You couldn't be fruitful in the gospel if you didn't make up. But they never worked. They were like oil and, and water. Okay? And that's why Paul says that I die daily to sin. You know what that means? He was reflecting every day. Every day he was saying, I need surgery. Here, here, here. This got to go. Because every time I allow sin to fester in my life, 
It separates me from the righteousness of Jesus. It makes a little bit more of a gap, a little bit more of a gulf, and I'm in trouble when that happens. That's a slippery slope. It's the same thing the Book of Mormon says of a silken cord that wraps around. You know, lastly, and then we're going to go to a couple of these scriptures and then I'm going to wrap up. Do we know the true condition of our heart today? How many of us know that really true condition of our heart? How many know where we're deficient and where we're on track? And then more importantly, if you know that, are you taking action? Not to fix it. You can't fix it. Remember what I said? Taking action to go where it can be fixed. And that's Jesus Christ. Are you doing that? So, I want us to go to 2 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. And the 5th verse. And this is so beautiful. Uh, It says, examine yourselves. Whether ye be in the faith, now being in the faith means being in Jesus, okay? That's all that means, being in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates? Oh, my, oh, my, what a warning. If the Lord isn't in us, brothers and sisters, we're lost. We're in trouble, deep trouble. And so all Paul's saying is here, reflect. Examine yourself. Look at, at yourself. Okay? Let's go to Psalms 139. I love this. We, we sing this. It says, Psalms 139, 23. Search me, O God. I know my heart. And then the hymn says, I pray. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And our dear sister called out about the Holy Spirit. This is the prayer. After we read the word of God and we know, oh my, I'm, I'm hurting in this area. And then we call out and the Holy Spirit, it, it'll, it'll, just, it'll just lead us how to repent I've given you a peek under the tent of the next R. And we'll, we'll get to that another day. Let's go to um, this beautiful scripture that is found in Alma. And I'm going to wrap up with this. I think Alma, the fifth chapter, is probably one of the most awesome chapters of, of, of using God's word for reflection. There's many other scriptures. I can give you like Nephi Psalm and the Book of Mormon, where I call it the roller coaster. Um, And I learned that from Brother Doug Obradovich. It's the roller coaster scripture because every time Nephi says in that Psalm, nevertheless, the mirror's up. Every time he says, by the way, nevertheless, up the mountain we go. Nevertheless, down in the valley you are. You you know what I'm talking about? Awake my soul. No longer droop in sin. Austin preaches on this, this scripture so beautifully. I've heard ministerial uh, career okay 
Nevertheless, is the mirror in that song. It's the mirror in that scripture. Every time Nephi looks, whether it's good or bad, remember I said, the mirror will reflect if you're good or you're evil. On track, not on track. Alma does the same thing. And Alma calls out really some hard things, but they're necessary. And now, behold, I say unto you, my brethren and sisters, and all of you that are listening out there, I love you so much. If you have experienced a change of heart, and only Jesus can do that, or he changed me completely, a new life is mine, I just called it out, If you have experienced a change of heart, if you have felt to sing the song of redeeming love, I would ask, can you feel so now? And brothers and sisters, if we can, praise the Lord. Um, you are literally enjoying the righteousness of God through Jesus in your life. And you're feeling his righteousness and his salvation and his grace. And you are so grateful Have you walked keeping yourself blameless before God? Blameless. Can't do that in our own natural ability. You know how we stay blameless? I stay in Jesus Christ. Pete, what do you mean when you say stay in Jesus? Keep his commandments, brothers and sisters. They're not grievous. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He does the work in us. I can't express that enough to you today. All you need to do is look. All you need to do is yield. And the Lord's the work. He's the fruit. Without me, he's the true vine where the branches ye can do nothing. Cut a branch off from the true vine. See if it produces fruit. It'll die. If you were called to die at this time within yourselves, that ye have been sufficient, have you been sufficiently humble? Have your garments been cleansed and made white through the blood of Christ? Who will come to redeem his people from their sins? If we're not in this case, if, and this is serious, if we say we love the Lord, but we haven't gone through his commandments, then we have, we, we have a problem. We have, we have a, a yielding, a submitting problem. We have a sin problem. That all can get taken care of by just some humbleness and obedience. And it's not a hard thing. It's a matter of fact, it's joyful. And then the last verse, Behold, are ye stripped of pride? I say unto you, if you are not, then you're not prepared to meet God. I can't help but pause here. And I look at our country today and my heart breaks. And I love Barry, Brother Jerry Valenti's uh, gospel blog so much this week. And where there's so much confusion, brothers and sisters, and there's so much that, that you ponder, and I, I see so many competing sides everywhere I go, whether it's social media, whether it's in conversation, wherever, television, wherever, wherever it, it, it's blasted at you. I take comfort in knowing that Jesus is the answer for everything. There was no pride in him. There was no 
ego that was only love and a heart to serve his creation. And so this is important. It's not called out here to reflect on and to look in the mirror on. It's not called out here because it's not one of the biggies. It's the big one. I say unto you, if you are not, I say unto you, if ye are not, ye are not prepared to meet God. Behold, ye must prepare quickly, for the kingdom of heaven is soon at hand. And such an one hath not, hath not eternal life that's filled with these, these issues. You know, Paul says to the Thessalonians, um, after he had just given them the chapter before, they were all stirred up about death. And Paul says, relax. Let me give you a little bit of what Jesus taught me. He was taught firsthand by the Lord Jesus. That you know, one day Jesus is going to come. And when he comes, he's going to come with a shout. And all the dead in Christ, in Christ, that have his righteousness, are going to rise. Perfect. To meet Jesus in the air. And those that remain, that are on the earth, are going to join the resurrected and what a reunion. And Paul says, and so comfort one, one another with these words. And then the very next chapter, and as A.J. said, there wasn't chapters. He continued to write an epistle to them. He says, but you know, but of the times and the seasons, you don't need to worry about that. Don't get all stirred up about the times and the seasons. For you yourselves know that Jesus comes, the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. You know, one day we're here. If there's anything I've learned, you know, Billy Graham calls this out so beautiful in his, in his so many in his discourses. What really impressed him the most about this life was the brevity of it. You know I've been here 20 years already, it's amazing. And just like that, I've been 40 years in, in, in the church. I've been almost 30 years in the ministry. I, I, I don't know where all the time went. And I'm not going to worry about the time. Times and the seasons, I'm going to let God worry about that. I'm going to worry about the day of the Lord. And like Alma said, I'm going to reflect, is my heart ready to meet the Lord Jesus? Because if I am, I don't got to worry about anything, brothers and sisters, neither do you. I want to give the Lord to people. Zion's going to come. The second coming's going to come. The peaceful reign. All that's going to happen. Israel's going to come. The choice here's going to come. I believe that. I, I wouldn't be in this church if I didn't believe that. Bible Book of Mormon is true. But this much I know. If I'm a scholar in all these things and have not missed one point, but I've missed the day, of my salvation and staying in Christ Jesus, I've missed it all. I've missed it all. If I've mistreated you or not loved you or not been humble or a servant, I've missed it all. There is no way we're going to convince the world that Jesus is the Savior by quoting scripture about all the future events and this and that. They're not going to change anybody's heart. The only way I know is to say this is what Jesus did for me. I was a sinner, and now I'm a saint of God. 
I was unrighteous, and now I'm a righteous man before the Lord Jesus. And as long as I reflect and daily cleanse myself through his word and his Holy Spirit, I'll stay in Christ Jesus until the end. He's not about you losing. He's about completing the work in you until the end, until the day of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to stop here. We're going to continue on with these beautiful lessons throughout the rest of this year and maybe into next. There's about eight different lessons here. Maybe some of my brothers will take it. I can just do a quick wrap-up. But um, it's not going to be consecutive weeks. We want to give preference to all our brothers. But I think it's important in today's day and time that we understand what righteousness really means. In our church, I want to leave you with this. What Jesus told his disciples. I'm going to tell it to us this morning, and I'm going to point at me first. Church of Jesus Christ... You know how much I love you this morning, <laughs> but I have to call it out. Except our righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees and the rest of the world. We're not going to see the kingdom of God. That's the word of God this morning. And what does that mean? That means that Jesus is paramount in our church. His teachings, his commandments are paramount. We hold up the standard with this Jesus. We hold it up high. We live it. We love it. It's first in our lives. And if we do that, our righteousness will exceed all the evil that's in this world and the mis-messages and all the confusion. And it'll point people to Jesus. It'll polarize us even more, brothers and sisters. Maybe we'll be persecuted, but if we're filled with God's love, people will come to Christ. Amen. So may God bless you this morning. Ponder on these things. Reflect on them. Reflection will lead you to the next lesson. And that's repentance, and we'll leave it at that. May God bless you. I love you so much, brothers and sisters. May God bless you in Christ Jesus. What a beautiful message this morning. And I want to just wrap up our service with a couple of the scriptures that Brother Pete pointed out. And you know, Alma, the fifth chapter, 28th verse says, Behold, are ye stripped of pride? And really the crux of what James, what Brother Pete started with, can we look in that mirror without pride in our hearts and actually interpret what we're looking at. And Brother Pete pointed out all those bags. You know, when we look at our hair and our hair in the mirror and our hair is every which way, do we say, good enough for me. It looks awesome. We walk out the door. We don't do that. We start to make those corrections and we start to do those things. <laughs> I heard that. We start to do those things because we saw that in the mirror, that there was something wrong and we need to correct it. But spiritually, we're the complete opposite. We have pride in our heart and say, Lord, where I'm at right now is good enough. Or there are parts of my life that, God, you better not look at. Because that's not, you, that's not for you to correct. So how beautifully those scriptures come together where we see James. You know, are you that man that, or woman that looks in the mirror? 
can identify the sin in your life, can identify your shortcomings, can identify where God needs to begin his work, and then let him. Or are you, like here in Alma, do we let our pride creep in? Do we let our ego get in the way that says, Lord, I'm okay. Lord, I got this, not you. We've heard that sermon. He's got this. If we let him into our lives today. You know, we have different small groups, and we met this past week um, for our 20 to 30-year-olds, and one of the themes that we've been going through is the various differences that each and every one of us have and our unique strengths that we bring to the body of Christ. And we finished the lesson, and yet everyone left, and uh, my wife Bethany had taught it, and she said, well... What did you think of the lesson? And I said, I appreciate it because I don't think I do this enough. I don't stop and examine and identify not only weaknesses, but also strengths. Beautiful things that we bring to the body of Christ. And each and every one of you who I'm looking at today and every one of you at home, Bring unique abilities and strengths to God's church. And you bless the Lord in so many different ways. In ways that I can't, you can't. And I gave some examples on Friday night of beautiful gifts that our brothers and sisters have that I lack. And that's not a bad thing in me, but it's so beautiful being able to see that. But to get to that point... We have to understand that our righteousness comes from Jesus Christ. That those beautiful gifts are Jesus shining so brightly in our lives. So I hope this week that we reflect. And I hope this week that you anticipate what those other R's are. And that you come back looking for more. Um, because all of us fall short of God's glory. And all of us look forward to being even closer to him. So we're going to close in prayer. Uh, we're going to sign off for our brothers and sisters at home. Um, so let's just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you uh, for today. We thank you for the beautiful message that we heard. We thank you um, that you have fulfilled all righteousness in our lives. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, today. And I pray, Lord, that each and every one of us, that we might grow closer to you. That we might be able to put him first in our lives. Lord, that we would strip ourselves of our pride and our egos today. That we would be able to look in that mirror. And that we would let your son, Jesus Christ, into every aspect of our life. Lord, that he might be able to unstain our garments. That his blood might wash us white as snow today. Lord, I pray that you'd be with the many who are sick and afflicted, the many who are at home today who are in need. Lord, I pray that you would go to their side. Lord, we love you so much. We lift up your name. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.